Greetings, everybody. Thanks for joining us again on the Classroom 33 podcast. I'm Pastor Dustin here with Steve Prudian. And today, um, actually, we've been chatting for quite a while at this point. Um, and uh, we've put ourselves in a bit of a time crunch. So we're going to be speeding through a couple of things, or maybe we'll just cut it off early. We'll see how it goes. But We uh, can do part one today, part two next week. <laughs> Hey, I like part one, part two. Hopefully the listeners do as well. So, uh, Steve, what are we talking about this week then? Contrary to what I thought we were going to talk about, which is the throne of grace. Okay. After five pages deep of, um, of notes that I couldn't put in any logical order because it was too, um, too mind-expanding for me to even think. <laughs> and I know that I'm okay. not. I know that I'm not done gathering the the rest of the story. Right. But I will put it all together. But in the meantime, this is another teaching that I did um, um, late last week that very few people heard. Okay. So I thought that it would be appropriate to share it with people who've never heard it. All right. Okay. There's two ways to live. The way we're naturally born. Okay. And, and I call that living in a box. Okay. And the other way to live is to live outside of the box. Some people will say, well, I feel more secure and safe living in the box versus those who say, I don't need a box. I want to do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. But these that isn't the box I'm talking about. No, these are... These are a couple of different boxes. Um, these are spiritual boxes. These are spiritual boxes. And I was, as I was kind of going through this, um, and I did hear hear you speak on this very briefly last week, um, a you very just, condensed you just, version. You just saw the illustration of this. Right. You never heard this. Right. Right. Um, but the reality is, um, and I'm going to just go straight to Galatians 5, and uh, talk about the difference between what man can produce and what the spirit can produce. I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm looking at here. Your life in a box, that's the consequences of our human sinful nature. You've got your life outside the box. And those are the consequences of living with Jesus and trusting Jesus. It's not Jesus a consequence. Having... It's a reward. Okay. Consequence gets a negative connotation. And yes, I, will, I, will, I will die on this hill every single day. I don't care. Consequences can be positive or negative. Okay. As long so, as you say so that. that's, that's my frame of reference, right? There's mm -hmm. rewards and there's punishment. They're both consequences. And I, and I love that definition of the word consequence because it really doesn't matter what context it is. And consequence means what defined. If you define the word consequence, what is that? What is the definition of a consequence? Consequences is what you get for what you did. <laughs> the result of. The result the of. The result of. The result of. So in that, the life outside the box really is, that is the consequence for living a spiritual life and having that walk and having that relationship with God and with Jesus. And so they're not necessarily mutually exclusive in this world. And that's something I just want to throw out there right at the beginning, right? 
if you live a life outside the box, and you're going to understand what we're talking about after either after today or after part two, right? But life outside the box still has the box within it. The box is still there. So inside the box, you're inside the box. You get nothing that's outside the box. Outside the box, you still have what's inside the box because the box is still there, at least until we're taken out of this temporary existence into eternity. One has the natural order of things, and living outside a box has the spiritual order of things. Right. They both have limits. Right. And, you know, not everything inside the box is bad. No, and actually, you, actually, there's, there's this, quite a, there's there quite a, quite a few that, things. There's quite a few things that are good, and I'm I'm just going to throw out there that who those need, good things. Yeah, and who needs the other box if things are going good? You know what? If I'm going to ship, if, if, okay, uh, take that back. I'm going to give my kids a puppy for Christmas. I put the puppy in a box. And I wrap it up. What do I got to do? I got to punch air holes. Otherwise, it's going to be a sad Christmas morning, right? There are air holes in the box. God punches holes in the box so that we can experience him in and, the box. and still get a little bit of that while we're still in the box. But That's right. it, is, it is pretty amazing. Once you step out of that box, you, you don't, you're in the box. You don't know what you don't know. And there's a lot. So let's uh, let's dig into this. I want I want to dig into this. What is life in a box, Steve? Life in the box is what Jesus says in the book of John, verse sixteen thirty three. Okay. Basically, what Jesus says is this is that you live in a world of trouble. Yes, we do. And you live in a world of trials. Yep. But he also says, be of good cheer, because I've overcome your box. <laughs> I stepped out of the box. Mm -hmm. And he says, and I tell you these things so you can have peace. Yes. Because if all we saw is negative, 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 no hope, despair. Right. We wouldn't have really any motivation to live at all. Yes. Unfortunately, all human beings are born into a box. Yes, we are. And I hate to say this, but Satan has a great influence on what happens in the box that we live in. Yes, he does. Unfortunately, because of Satan and because of those of us who don't know God, we have a pronouncement of death upon us. Mm-hmm. And that's a curse. Yes. It isn't something that God wanted to do, but it's something that we pretty much brought upon ourselves because we churned away from the true God to listen to the false. And I don't even want to say God because Satan will never be God. No. I would say the false power. Right. Because Satan does have power. The reality is, is, is that living outside the box offers us life. It does. Living inside the box, it's limited to a finite time, which is called death. 
Unfortunately, many of us in this world, as we try to make our way through it, we find ourselves becoming a slave to the system. Yeah. And, and when you become a slave to a system, um, most slaves are not happy. No, most of them are not. Most slaves actually struggle with a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And we would classify that as insufficiency in many realms. Sure. Well, when we get to living outside the box, we'll find out that, in a sense, you become a servant to Jesus, but you're no longer, his, you're no longer a slave. Because you're, a sl he, you're a slave to the box. You're a slave inside the box. Outside of the box, you become a servant to Jesus, but you're a free servant versus a bound servant. Right. Right. And that would be, you know, biblically, that's the difference between um, a conquered world, you know, a conquered country, mm -hmm. and taking the people as slaves, the survivors would be, would be bound and would be, you know, your life now is to serve the new empire, the new kingdom. Um, whereas in Jewish law, you are not a, allowed to do that to another Jewish person. You know, you, you know, an Israelite could go into a debt to another mm -hmm. and then become a willing servant in order to pay off that debt. Actually, that debt is forgiven after 50 years. That's where they have the year of Jubilee, even if you don't pay it off. Right. Right. And so, so yeah, that's, I just wanted to touch on the difference between those two in a biblical context. See, now if you're smart, you go into debt the year before the year of Jubilee. Because you're forgiven and you've only been in debt for a year. <laughs> yep. Well, I don't want to say, you don't want to manipulate the system. Well, I, that's actually built in. Uh-huh. That is built in, because if you read it carefully, there are adjustments to be made to the cost of things based on how close you are to Jubilee. There's also an illustration in the Bible about the servant who's hired for a pay at the beginning of the job. Uh -huh. versus the guy who's hired at the end of the job, uh -huh. and he's going to get paid the same as the guy in the beginning of the job, uh -huh. but he did far less work. Uh -huh. Very similar. Uh -huh. <laughs> but anyway, that's not part of our story. No, it's not. The, unfortunately, because we are flesh, we are human yes. beings, okay? When we're born, we're born with limits in this world. Of course we are. Those limits are classified as age, aging. No man lives forever in the bodies we have. I think that's a good thing. Because I see what happens to bodies today as they get old. Right. That was never God's plan. But since we decided to be in Satan's box, we are living under that curse. And God, in his merciful kindness, people used to live almost a thousand years. 690, 969 was the longest living man Methuselah right well I you know they kind of needed to live that long so that they could populate the earth I but, mean they're 
there was that portion of it as well. Yeah, but, but, you know, even God said, okay, God said, okay, you guys are living too long. I'm going to change. I'm mm-hmm. going to put a limit, 120 years. That's how long Moses lived. Yep. And, and after that, God says, well, I'm going to change again. He says, because of the wickedness of your hearts, okay, uh-huh. he, says, he says, you're killing yourselves. You can't live with that much burden of sin. He says, I'm going to be merciful and basically reduce your sentence on this earth to 70 years. And so it's really the mercy of God that limits our life to a shorter lifespan. Well, it's that same mercy that is the reason why he kicked us out of the garden, lest we eat from the other tree. That's right. Right. Because we wouldn't have gotten better. We would have gotten worse. Right. As we lived. Because there is no, at that, if you live forever in sin, there's no redemption. There is no redemption. I'm glad about one thing. What's that? I'm not really glad about this. You know, there's that saying that if I never had a problem, I'd never know that God could get me through them. Right. Well, the reality is, is that if I had everything my way and everything was going fine, I would have very little reason to... Seek out a God. Okay, I wouldn't have any. I wouldn't True. have to read, seek help. Who would need help if everything's going fine? And therefore, you get what Jesus says about a rich man getting into heaven. Very difficult. Okay, because he's going to have to humble himself right. like a camel, camel to go through the eye of a needle. But do rich people humble themselves? Really, they don't need to. Right. But the very fact, yeah, we have. Age, we have sickness, we have death, we have calamities, okay, we have trials. Are those bad things or those good things? They're hard things. They're both. They're both. They're both. They're both. They're both. Some people are given a choice. Well, all given a choice. Right. We're given a choice to either, in the hard times, seek God. Mm-hmm. Are in the hard times. Curse God. Right. And what did Job's wife choose? Curse God. Curse God and die. What did Job's? What did Job choose? Though he slay me, I'm still going to trust him. Right. Okay, so a lot of it depends upon how you're thinking. Right, and it really lends itself to an analogy that without darkness, you can't understand the light. It, you just can't. You know, somebody who was born blind can never and will never be able to describe you the difference between light and dark. He doesn't know it. It's he doesn't unknown. know it. He doesn't understand it. And mm-hmm. so so that analogy, you know, you, without darkness, you can't understand the light. Oftentimes, when we're born... We don't have any knowledge of God. As a baby, we have no knowledge of God. Right. Okay. And as a child, unless our parents or somebody influences us, we still don't have any knowledge of God. So we consider the world we live in the world we live in. And we don't understand as a child that there are limits. We start finding out that there's limits Usually, when we don't do what we're asked to do. Right. Then we start finding out that it isn't all fun and games. Mm-hmm. 
However, we accept the fact in this life, we try to find the things that will please us. Yes. We try to find pleasure in the box we live in. Sure. And there are good things in the box. There are good things in the box. For example, um, why don't you read Life in the Box, what it consists of, Dustin? It's the last line on the first paragraph. Life in the Box consists of the following. Experiences, people, school, church, clubs, jobs, uh, professions, health needs. That's life in the box. Life in the in box. In a nutshell. Life in a nutshell, box. that's life, life in, in the box. Life in a box. <laughs> now, within life in the box, yeah. there are good things that happen, and there's sure. bad things that happen. Oh, absolutely. Why don't you read the good things? I'll read the bad things. All right. I'll, I'll take the good things. Uh, falling in love, having a baby, uh, good vacations, family trips, um, good friends, great food. You really hit me with that last one. I love food. Uh-huh. <laughs> I heard you're a meat and potatoes man from your wife. I do like meat and potatoes. And, and, she, and she says you put this bad habit on Lily. Quite possibly. Yes, because she likes meat and potatoes. <laughs> she wouldn't touch any vegetables today. <laughs> uh, it, and, took, it took me a long time to learn to love the vegetables. So. Okay. So for you, a bad time would be vegetables. <laughs> Not Maybe at Lily, at Lily, not maybe, at Lily's age, yes. Okay, at 16, 17 years old, no veggies for me. Um, nowadays, I do I do enjoy vegetables, but still. Hard. Still meat and potatoes. Yeah, you swallow hard on those vegetables. Gobble the other stuff. Bad times. Also in our lifetime, we experience bad times. Yes. Those bad times, uh, loss of loved ones. Poor health. Yep. Lack of money. Loss of a job. Mm-hmm. Or a loss of a spouse. Yep. Betrayal. Mm-hmm. And being told what you can't do anymore, even if you love to do it. Right. And that that last one is uh, is one that... Actually, I know of a couple of people... Um, as as children are experiencing this alongside their parents that as their parent has gotten older they can't do things that they used to do they can't take care of themselves in the same way there's even a loss of independence that happens and um for either of the for either of the individuals that I know that are going through this with a parent um it's not easy. It's terribly difficult. It's horrible as a human being to lose your independence. I knew a man. He went to church with me. I was, okay. thir- I was 34. He was 56. Mm-hmm. The man was a concert pianist and a composer. Okay. He was just diagnosed of having arthritis in his fingers. Oh, gosh. And as his arthritis progressed, his fingers got stiff, and he couldn't play the piano like he used to. Mm-hmm. It didn't stop there. Not only couldn't he play the piano anymore, he was able to—he lo- he was able—he wasn't able 
to even compose anymore because he could no longer write. Oh, man. Right. I can't imagine how hard that would be. And so he was on a men's, men's retreat with me. Okay. And he said to me, he says, I can't understand God. He says, I've devoted my life to playing music that honors him and writing music that honors him. And look at my hands, all curled up and useless. He says, can you pray for me? And I didn't know how to pray for him. I couldn't take away what age had done. Right. So all I could do is pray for him that his heart wouldn't turn to stone, that he would find God in another avenue other than it having to be music. Right. And to this day, I remember that man, and my heart was broken because I remembered what he used to be able to do. Right. And then what he couldn't do. That man finally died pretty young from rheumatoid arthritis. Okay, I think he made it to 63. I think I went went to yeah. his funeral. He was 63, and um, his wife was younger. His wife's about 10 years younger, and I remember talking to her. She has the same name as um, our pastor's wife. Her name was Elaine, and I said to her, I says, I know you miss him. I says, but I says, he left in order to regain his love. I says, because where he's at now, he doesn't have arthritis in his fingers. Right. And I says, and if God gave him the talent to write music to him on this earth, I says, you can be sure that he's writing music in heaven. I says, because they got a big choir. Yeah, they do. <laughs> right. Yep. Anyway. That's just and, new, and new instruments for him to discover. Probably. <laughs> probably ones we don't even know. If there's new colors, there's definitely new everything else. You may have some concept of God. Living inside right. the box, you may have some concept of God's. Right. We did We did mention that there are holes in the box. Right. And some of that uh, goodness from God gets through. And you can also peek out. And you can see. And uh, Paul's pretty clear. Um, there, There is God, evidence of God, all around us, all the time. God has written his laws on our hearts. We know his commands, and we see his creation every single day. We should, we should know God, and in, and if we don't acknowledge God, at least on a minimal level, then it's a personal thing. It's it's your own decision. In this world, because of the lives we live, yep, and the things that happen to us. Mm -hmm. And the things we see, sometimes we hear talk and we have some kind of rudimentary information of a God who's supposed to be a God of love, supposed to be a God of mercy. Right. But yet in our own lives, we find a God who's a taskmaster, an ogre, because we really don't know God. Right. We know the God that we've been lied to about. Or we understand him poorly. There's another there's another form of God yep. living in this box, which is our fantasy God. And our fantasy God is much like a genie. Uh-huh. Okay? We go to him whenever we want something or we wish for something. 
Yep. And we even pray to this God mm -hmm. to give us the things that we want. And then yep. most often than not, we don't get what we're asking for. We don't get. And uh, God that, isn't even as good as Santa Claus. He's a maybe. <laughs> yeah, he's a maybe. <laughs> a definite maybe. That actually reminds me of of a song and I won't sing it because I don't sing very well um, makes two of us but there's a uh, a singer songwriter by the name of Weston Skaggs he's kind of an independent Christian artist and uh, go check him out on Spotify or YouTube or Pandora whatever you listen to um, he has a song that's called Pocket Sized God and it was written very intentionally as kind of tongue-in-cheek but it's and it's a very interesting illustration of really how we do diminish the power of god and the size of god in our lives um somewhat intentionally somewhat unintentionally but it's really really interesting this song that talks about you know, we have this almighty creator of God and we've got him whittled down to uh, to something akin to a rabbit's foot that you would keep on a keychain. God says man is without excuse. We are completely without excuse. Because he says, if you want to know me, you can seek me and I'll make myself known. You will find me. Yep. But unfortunately... We don't want to humble ourselves to seek him because maybe we're afraid of what we're going to find. Right. So we right. make so we make excuses. Right. Remember that, uh, you know, when God came into the garden and Adam and Eve were hiding, God said, where are you? They were hiding. He knew where they were. But if you stop and you turn that around a little bit, God came down to the garden to speak with Adam and Eve because he doesn't want to be hidden. He came down to be seen, to have that conversation, to have that relationship. And, and he'll come down to meet anybody who's looking for him. He will if you're looking for him. Right. Would you take a look at Psalm 19, verses 1 through 4? No, what this deals do? with the fact of why man is without an excuse, even living within the box. All right. One through four. Mm -hmm. The heavens are telling the glory of God and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard, yet their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. What do you know from that verse? That we have no excuse. He e every everything, everything is testifying to God. And you ha you can observe that. Oh, absolutely we can observe it. And, and, uh, and what do you say? Do you have one or two things to say? I don't believe it. Or I do. Yeah, I, either you recognize that it's God or you just intentionally take the space of denial. And so here, here's something that I have all been just 
absolutely in love with ever since it was pointed out to me. So if you were to take your standard hardwood tree, right? Mm -hmm. A a big oak tree, right? Mm -hmm. And if you were to, you take the leaves off of it and you look at the skeletal structure of the tree and then put that side by side with a diagram of a lung, a human lung. They look very, very <laughs> yeah, similar. Yeah, they do. Right? Interestingly enough, our lungs take oxygen and create carbon di- dioxide through our body processes. Where does the oxygen come from? The tree. The tree. The tree does the opposite. So these two things are meant to work in tandem. And if you were to enlarge a lung big enough to fit over a tree or vice versa, they would join together and the tree would fill the voids in the lung. It just... It, just absolutely beautiful, beautiful to me. And that's, that's, that's how it symbi- happens. That's called a symbiotic relationship. Yes. Each needs each other. Yeah, it's it's completely and totally symbiotic. And but God created it, it to be that way. Isn't our bodies and our spirit like that? It's a right. symbiotic relationship. The reason we have a body, but it's not just the body. We also have life, right. which is a soul, a spirit. Right. But I don't I just don't know how anybody can look at that, at that diagram of how a tree could who's, fit. Who's looking? That's I, the problem. Who's I, looking? I don't know how anybody can look at it and go, that's coincidence. How do people, do, how can people deny God and say there is no God? They're not looking. Take a they look. deceive themselves and the truth is not in them. Take a look at Romans 1, All right. 19 to 21. All right, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Just like I was saying, how how can you look at it? How can you look at it and not see it? Ever since the creation of the world, his eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood and seen through the things he has made. So they, us, everybody, are without excuse. Um. One more. For though they knew God, they did not honor him or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their senseless minds were darkened. That's, I mean, that's, that, that's it that's right our, there. That's our box. That, that's, that's our box. That's the box. That's a, and, and we keep putting ourselves further and further into the box. I mean, we're closing up the holes on the box from the inside. You know, uh, 250 years ago, you would have been laughed out of town if you tried to tell convince anybody that the world was more than mm-hmm. six, seven thousand years old. You'd have been laughed out of town for that. Mm-hmm. And now it's in two hundred fifty years or so, it's gone the completely opposite direction. Now, if you say, you know, based on what I see and based on the biblical account, you've got fifty-seven to sixty-three hundred years. And people look at me funny when I say the world's 6,000 years old. And I get it. I totally get it. What do you know they've about been, the dimensions they've been of deceived. a box? They've been deceived. What do you know about the dimensions of a box? I know, that's, I know that the box is always smaller on the inside. That's what I know. The box has a dimension, which means it has a starting point yep. and it has an ending point. Oh, absolutely. Okay. The reality is, is that our Earth has had a starting point, and God knows its ending point. Yep. And God says, what does God say about that box? I'll make a new box. 
He'll make an. I'll no. make a new box. Actually, no. No, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. disagree. Yeah, he. We should He's, call it a box. He is going to seal up the box, mm-hmm. and it's going to be cast into a pit. That's right. And then and, what do and, we have? And then then there will be no box. But what's what does he make after that? He he makes a new out of the box. He makes right. He <laughs> the, make, the the out of the box is makes a new is, world for us. Right there there is a new creation that's coming after after the tribulation and everything. But I the idea that the box is going to be sealed up. Okay, if we look at if if we're taking this on an individual basis, and I just I see an opportunity for a gospel, so I'm I'm going to share it. Okay, that's what the, this is all about. The when we're born, we're born into this box. We don't really have a choice in that. No. And the holes are punched in the box, and the box is open. If you look up, there's no top on the box. The box is open. And we have to make a choice. We know that Jesus, he came down from God to earth, to us, so that he could live the life that we couldn't live in our box in our box he lived a life in our in the box perfectly without sinning so that he could then be sealed in the box on our behalf in order to destroy the box okay he he suffered a horrible horrible death in order to take the punishment for our sins, for our mistakes. And in doing so, he destroyed the box. And we have to make a choice. And that's what next week's lesson's all about. That's that's what next week's lesson is all about. But we have to make a choice because when we die, our box is sealed and sent into that pit. And it's sealed sent into that pit whether we are in it or not and if you choose to stay in the box you will spend eternity in that box your choice your choice choice. all of the air holes are going to be sealed up the lid's going to be closed it's going to be sealed and it's going to be sent out and And we're sealing the box there is no more cracks of light there are no more cracks of light and all it takes is the choice to step out of the box. And when you step out of the box, you will more clearly see what the box is. And What's that called when you step out of the box? Faith. It's called eternity. You step out of the... You, yes. You're stepping into eternity when you're, you step out of the box. You're stepping out into eternity with God. That's right. And I know maybe there's not somebody listening the first week of this podcast, maybe this is going to sit out there for a little while before whoever needs to hear it hears it. But there is something that you're holding on to that you think you're not willing to let go of in order to step out of that box. And I guarantee that if you step out of that box, either that thing that you've been holding on to will let go of you and you'll be able to let go of it or it will transform into a version of it 
that is so much better than you could have ever, ever imagined that you will laugh at yourself for not stepping out of the box sooner. Salvation is a choice. We get to choose. And we have to, if we want to spend eternity outside of that box, we have to choose Jesus. Do we want to talk about, again, how God reveals himself, which is the very last line of the first half of this teaching? Yes. Go ahead. Most importantly, God reveals himself to us in his son, the man named Jesus. There is a message out there, but you've got to be willing to listen. And that message is calling your name. Yes, it is. But you have to listen. Mm-hmm. And we know that God doesn't shout. He doesn't have to shout. He does not. No. He speaks in a very soft voice, a gentle voice, mm -hmm. because he wants you to come by your own free will. Yes, he does. He absolutely does. So we do next half next week? Next half next week, and we are going to be digging into what is outside of the box. We've teased a little bit, but we're going to step completely out of the box for next week. I don't want to live in that box anymore. Nope. No, I would just as soon turn my back on that box and walk away, but I don't get to do that until God seals it. How old are you, Dustin? 41. And I'm almost 74. Okay. And guess what? What's that? I don't want to go back in the box. Nope. I've been out of the box since I was about 20 years old, and I never want to go back in that box again. I don't blame you one bit. And death doesn't scare me anymore like it did when I was 20. It's a reality, but it, it doesn't scare me anymore. Yeah. Um, death doesn't scare me at all. Perhaps some pain leading up to it, if it's a painful death. But after that, I'm not afraid of that. I'm not, I, afra I'm not afraid of what comes after this life. When you have Jesus... Death is just part of the journey. It's a door. That's right. One closes, and the next one opens. And guess what? What's that? I'm paying for everything now. When that day happens, it's all paid for. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. From then and unto eternity. Well, thank you very much for coming in, Steve. My pleasure. Always, Dustin. All right. Have a great week.